Welcome to Pods and Pies, our uh, fake sponsor today. <laughs> fake sponsor is always, always the pie. The pie. pie and pizzeria. Get us a free pizza. We may have to go up to Washington and like the Raptor B. Do you know what the Raptor B is? I know the Raptor B. <laughs> Wait, so you know well, more about Washington than you've led on. <laughs> I know about or he's been doing his research. No, I, I, I know about the Raptor B. So it hasn't been the Raptor B for a long time now. Oh, okay. so well, what is it now? The Outpost. The Outpost, okay. okay. I knew it was Raptor B. Raptor B. Yeah. Well, this is, a, this is like a veggie delight. You got a veg Are you a vegetarian? I am. Okay. Oh, okay. Which is weird. I know. I'm not vegan. Cold, no, not vegan. You live on a ranch uh -huh. in Colville. Vegetarian. Yeah. I have a cow. She's my pet. I breed okay. her. But you're um, never going to eat her. I would never eat her. And you wouldn't partake of any any milk from a cow? Uh, no, I'll take... Oh, milk isn't vegetarian. That's vegan yeah, stuff. Yeah. I mean, I don't drink milk yeah. because I just don't like it, but cheese, I'll do cheese. I just, yeah. you know, it's hard where I live because you drive past all these cows and every day I talk to them like, hi, friends, you know, hi, and then you go and then they're either gone and this year because all the... Uh, Meatpacking plants have been shut down. So now there's they're doing tons, mobile huh? slaughterhouses. No. So you drive yeah. past and there's like cows that are that were my friends one day and then they're like upside down, dead. <laughs> oh, don't say a mobile slaughterhouse oh, with like shoot. cows lined up outside of it. I had a little meltdown last week and I'm like, I hate this. <laughs> and then I go home and cuddle my oh, little cow. That's a new one. Thanks. Yeah. Anyway, here, you can have a take for you. This is, this is a heavy piece. It's because of all the goodness on it. I know, it vegetarian? Yeah, my daughter is a vegetarian. Okay. Um, she, by choice, she doesn't like meat. She just doesn't like it. And her mom doesn't know how to make it, so that doesn't help. So it's probably a good thing. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah. yeah. We eat a lot of veggies. One time I thought I would do vegetarian mm -hmm. after I watched mm -hmm. Forks Over Knives, mm -hmm. which is an amazing yeah. show. Yeah. And I, for a long, long time, I didn't do red meat. I didn't do steak and red meat for a very long time, but I still would eat, you know, fish or chicken or whatever. I love that. I've watched it like four or five times. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. There's a couple other good ones out there, too. I just have this theory that I'm like, if we could just, like, limit how much each person gets, because I'm all for supporting, you know, my neighbor's a big cow farmer. I, I adore him. And yeah. Great man, and you know, that's how he provides for his family. But if we could just maybe... Like keep it to the farmers, not commercialize it, and yeah. then not slaughter them in the fields. That would be my <laughs> yeah, that in front of my house, house yeah. on the way home. And the cows are one thing. It's like when people talk about eating goat, or I mean, I have goats that are my pets, and I'm like, who would eat this? Like, I just can't. And I don't eat chicken because I can't just, eat Susie. Yeah, you, they, you name your goats. They get names, yeah. and once they have names, you just That's, you can't. No way. no way. This is delightful. Have you had a pie before? <clears throat> I love the pie. This was. But we definitely don't have the pie in Colville. No, you got it. I don't think this you have any like in Colville. This looks like onions, artichokes, tomatoes, yep, spinach, tomatoes, onions, spinach, some type of cheese. Feta? It looks like feta, yeah. Feta, yeah. Cheese, yeah. Thanks to the pie for your... Let's go, pie! Yeah. No. Um, first question. Uh, beards. Yay or nay? I'm just asking for a friend. Are you asking beards or beard? Beards. Oh, Just beard. asking, asking beards. for a friend. Yay. This okay. is definitely beard season. Cool. I I think we're in beard season. Yes. Yeah. Do you like uh, redheads? Asking for a friend. <laughs> yes, redheads are great. Okay. I have a redheaded sister though, so oh. I know all about the redheaded temperament, and it's a thing. It is a thing. It's a definitely a thing. It is a thing. 
Okay. I haven't noticed that in you though. No, no, no. I, well, when I was younger, trust me, like it you was, it, it was a shit show. It was, it was yeah, it was horrible. Were you naughty? Um, I mean, yeah, my mom would say yes. I was, I was naughty. I was difficult, very difficult. And then I have, I have four kids. My third is a redhead daughter. Mm -hmm. And my mom certainly said that it, it's literally like you're being punished for how you punish me. Like, she's amazing, but she is, she's off the charts. How old is she? She's uh, eighth grade. Oh, that's how old my daughter yeah. is. Almost 14. Yeah, almost 14. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. She, yeah, So my she mom is, always hopes I won't have payback. She's like, someday you're gonna yeah. get your payback. And then I have this like straight A's, very calm, Libra child who's mellow. I never have to get on her. Anything. So your mom pays for school, school to subway. She school to go to subway. Yeah. But that's the only thing your mom. With the teacher, <clears> yeah. I guess with the teacher's permission, but like she's yeah. very much about rules and following. There's times when I'm like driving and she'll say, "Mom, don't look at your phone," or "Slow down," or you know, she kind of is this super uber rule follower. Yeah. And then there's me that's like, "Well, there's the rules," and then there's like the rules, you know. Yeah. <laughs> My rules. And she's your own. And she's your only child. Yeah, just one. Okay. Just her and my lots of fur babies. Yeah. What do you have on the farm? Do you have cow, goats? So I have a cow. Her name's Winnie the Mini Moo. So she's a the whole the whole name Winnie the Mini Moo. Yeah. yeah, we call her Winnie for short, but she's a miniature Scottish Highland. I don't, so she's that like, sounds like a dog to me. I don't know. So she's she probably stands to my waist, a little bit shorter than my waist. Okay, um, that's cool. Her head will come up to like right by my rib cage. Um, I don't even know there are different breeds of cows. I just, yeah, it's like black and white. Oh, I'll, you show, you, milk. I'll show you this picture. No, she's okay. not a milk cow. So Scottish Highland are less fatty because they're more fur. She's just the cutest thing on Instagram. People go kind of crazy for her. Um, she's pregnant right now, so she's going to be having a little baby here in. Um, next June see that. and then yeah. I have a Percheron horse so she's a very very large horse yeah that's like a oh, hurry yeah she's cute. That's cute so like as a farmer like if a farmer like you have these on your property what are you using them for if it's not a milking cow and you're not gonna eat it so Winnie I breed she's a specialty breed so oh. I breed her and sell her babies maybe like if I decide to um, and then I have this Percheron that's a draft horse, so she pulls wagons. So okay. she'll in the winter, um, we have a hotel kind of by us that will likely lease her to do wagon rides or I'll do wagon rides with her. Um, a hotel in Park City's asked about wagon rides, so she just pulls wagons. She's beautiful. I have a paint horse who's just my daughter's little riding buddy. Yeah. I just got her for my daughter for her 14th birthday, so awesome. uh, we're working with her. And then my goats, they're just emotional support for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The funniest things, like people will drive, I have like kind of a, a yard where you can drive into the back and park out back, because um, that's where the pastures and the fields and stuff are, and then I have like a cool hangout area with the fire thing with the pizza oven, so people will pull around back, so you can just walk down the stairs and be in the back hangout area. And my goats, I'm always like, if you park back here, watch out for the goats. And then sure as crap, within like five minutes, there's goats standing on people's cars. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Sorry. So is there, what kind of goats? They're pygmy. Pygmy they, goats. Those are like they, smaller ones, right? Yeah, they're small. And do they faint? Or is that only a certain type of goat? That's only a certain type of goat. Or is that just fake on Instagram? No, it's real. It's so real. And I went and looked at fainting goats, and you feel like the worst person. I mean, you have to scare them to faint. Yeah. So you have to actually go out of your way to be a jerk and like jump out and be like, ah, and then they, they get scared and then they faint. And so 
after some careful consideration, I decided that I don't want people running around terrorizing my animals just for their humor. So I didn't get a fainting goat. Yeah, I can see that because then people would just come to your house just to yell and yeah. scream. Yeah, and then they'd be yelling and screaming at the goats. And then and I then have two dogs. Two dogs? What kind of dogs? So Norman Bates, he's a Oh my gosh, yes. Yes, that's my sheep-a-doodle. Sheep-a-doodle? Yeah, so he's a sheep dog mixed with a poodle. So I don't, I don't like the dog hair. My outside animals yeah. can shed all they want and be filthy, but my inside <clears> animals, like if you come inside, if you get in my bed, you gotta have your yeah. stuff together. So, and then I have Penny, who's a little mini Aussie doodle. So she, they're both like kind of Australian Shepherd mm -hmm. and a sheep dog mixed with poodles. Yeah, and so awesome. the Norman's big, he's like big, he's a big boy, and then Penny's pretty small, she's a little... Norman Bates, you call him Norman for short. Uh-huh. Bates Motel. Yeah, so we bought him at nine months old, his name was already Norman, so I saw him, okay. my mom found him on KSL, knowing I was looking for a dog that wasn't a puppy puppy, and she's like, look at him, and his name was Norman, so I took the money with me, like, <laughs> he was like two grand, I mean, it wasn't cheap, really? took the money with me, wow. and I was like, I'm just gonna buy him, and the lady's like, do you want to meet him? No. His name's Norman. I mean, it's, it's meant to be, right? It's meant to be. So, a name like that. and he's super creepy. He's just like the real Norman Bates. Like he, every morning he requires snuggle time and he'll like stand on me while I'm laying in bed and he like licks my face. And you I mean, just wake up and he's just saying, yeah. Oh, yes. That's awesome, that's yes. amazing. <laughs> he does have like these creepy tendencies where I feel like he's for he's sure. sneak up behind you. Just stare. Kind of stare. Uh -huh. Like look weird. Yeah, or he'll like stare at me out of the corner of his eye. He'll just sit down and has like this creepy side eye look. And I'm like, stop doing that. It's so weird. Does he get jealous like, if you like go give your daughter a hug? Is he like, hold on? No, I not with my weird. daughter, but he does get weird with Penny, the puppy, or the other one. So Penny gets nighttime cuddles because Norman's not a super big lover at night. And then Norma gets morning cuddles, but if they infringe on each other's mm. cuddle time, they kind of get like, "Hey, wait, this is my time. This is this, this yeah. is me time. This is my life." It's, <laughs> each any, of these animals. Has is there any yoga life. with the goats? No, uh, I love yoga, but goat you yoga haven't done the goat yoga. Not a thing, and I don't know how it would be. They're big. They're like, even though they're even small, though they're, they're big enough to where I wouldn't want them standing on me, and they crap everywhere. Like, yeah, they'd be crapping on you. Goats crap everywhere. They crap. They walk in crap everywhere. So I don't know how that's a thing. I guess maybe they don't feed the goats before, but goats are hard. They just eat anything. So. Yeah. I mean, my goats are f literally free range, meaning they could be anywhere from my neighbor's yard to my front yard to. And they just come back. Yeah, I, I can't. You can't keep them in. I've tried everything. I cannot keep them in. They just escape. So I, I think we. Need, I think there's a field trip. We need to take a field trip. We should have totally. done a pumpkin Yeah, we should have. Totally. Yeah, we should have totally. done totally. Cooked pizza in your pizza oven. Yes. Have I've never with, used it. Have we lunch with the goat. Okay, hold on. This is getting better. Do you have a pizza oven? I yes. have a pizza oven. I do. It's, a, oh, it's in a fire pit, I so I've never yeah. used it. Yeah. But we could figure it out. I mean, I'm sure we could figure it's, it out. And it's like a real brick oven pizza. pizza oven. Yeah, yeah. By the fire pit. Yep. Oh, my gosh. It's like, so it's like a fireplace pit made out of rock and then there's like a gap and they made it with like a pizza round thing inside of it. I just, every time we say we're going to do pizza, because I have to, people are at my house every weekend, it's kind yeah. of like the sanctuary I think, and you say, well, we'll do pizza this weekend and then the day of, it's kind of like, oh wait, none of us know how to make pizza. <laughs> none of us know how to make pizza though. Dude, oh my Sounds like a part two. Yeah, it does sound like a part, part two. Part two with Aubrey is coming up. You guys are invited. Bring your kids. People. Kids really All like weekend. It. Kids love yeah. it. We have people bring tents and they camp out in the front yard or backyard or they just, they like it. My lifestyle is so different to all my friends who kind of live down in the city and yeah. like, 
And you were, hold on, I, mean, I don't want to go totally off topic, but that's where you were, you didn't grow up in Colville. No, I, so you I grew, grew up, up in Arizona. You grew up in Arizona. In Mesa, so we had And horses. then you moved here. Mm -hmm. When did you come to Utah? I came to Utah, uh, we've been kind of back and forth because my mom was raised here, but I full, like, planted roots here about 13 years ago. And I lived in Daybreak before I moved to Colville. So it was a huge adjustment. I just knew I wanted a ranch and I was gonna buy a ranch and it's just what I wanted. And Could you grow up with horses? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I grew up with horses and I've always wanted a mini cow. I just, I saw one at the livestock show one year and said, I have, I have to have that. So now I do. What brought you to Utah? <clears throat> Family. My mom was raised here, and you know how it is. Utah's like a yeah. boomerang thing. You leave it. It is kind of boomerang. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Where was she? Where was she from? Where, where My she cow? Go? No, your mom. Oh. Yeah, your cow. <laughs> Which one? My mom grew up. Your mom and your cow are from here. Yes. Uh, my mom grew up in. I don't know. She went to Granite, so that's what Salt Lake. Salt Lake. Yeah, yeah. Salt Lake. Okay. Yeah. I don't even think Granite's alive anymore. I think they tore that down. They did. What did that turn into? I don't know. Did you turn it like they did. absorb it into other schools? I mean, I can't remember. No. I don't know. It's been years of the It sounds like a crappy high school. Yeah, I think it They is. just tore it down and didn't care to rebuild it. They gave up. They gave up. No. Somebody from the school district isn't going to like this. That's not true. Yeah. Well, hey. We'll come correct on. us. We'll correct us. We'll, yeah. we'll fix it. Granted. Well, that's some cool history. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fun life. Yeah. I live a fun life. Never, it is literally never a dull moment. People are like, you should literally have a camera just follow me around. It's water lines break, or somebody's always got like, you know, goat breaks his leg, or water's spraying everywhere, or the well runs out of you, water. You never consider doing a vlog or some type of thing like that. Are you that personality that could film yourself and no. talk to the masses? And no, if I hear myself talk on this, I won't listen to this you podcast because okay. if I hear my voice, I'm like, well, then, like there will only be two people that will watch it. Then. Yeah, we were supposed the, to have three with you. Dude, we knew we would watch it, but we were hoping we'd get I'll a third view. My mom, my mom okay. will watch it. <laughs> for sure. I'll put it on for the cow. She'd like it. <laughs> she likes my voice. Um, you have a pretty interesting career path. Uh huh. I do. Where did you start? Where was your first, like, what would you consider your first, like, big girl channel? Oh, gosh. Um, well, <laughs> I taught career and technical education. I taught like a cosmetology segment and then career prep and readiness at Murray High for gosh five years. Um, very early on in my career, loved it. In fact, I thought for sure I'd do something in education forever. But um, a friend of mine talked me into a tech startup, so I went there um, in sales because I thought it just sounded fun and interesting and exciting and uncapped potential. And I said, sign me up for that. And what was that? Like? It was a company called XI3. XI3. Yeah, still around? They're not still around. Okay. Um, I went there and just started in sales and then ended up doing their um, channel sales development. I was the director over all of the channels, so all their resellers and bars and OEMs and um, distribution partners and just kind of loved that. Right. Yeah. Uh, but the travel was a lot and I had a daughter in kindergarten, so I. Um, went with another friend. She introduced me to somebody who owned a staffing company, and he said, "Hey, this this is great. You'd love this, and you get to be home every night." And I said, "Okay, let's do it." So 
I went there, um, and then I managed a branch firm for a while and built out a professional services division and um, started the, their headhunting and recruiting for basically direct hire professional services, and then. Um, was this like a one-off staffing, or was it a, like a franchise staffing? Or? Franchise. Yeah. So it's a franchise. We were, and we ended up building um, like the number one firm placement in the country for all of the franchises, a couple of years running, which was a big That's deal. Wow. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so then him and I went and bought uh, the franchise in Boise, Idaho, and did that. So I was the area VP here and running that in Boise with him. At, um, what was that one called? It was a Spirion as well. Oh, Spirion. Same franchise, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. And then, um, yeah. And who, can I ask the name of your friend? Ron, Ron Zarbach. Ron Zarbach, okay. Yeah, so he's the owner, yeah. you know. Um, that name's very familiar. So um, I sold off my partnership to him in Boise, and he, he maintains Utah. Um, I took the position at Young Living. At, at first I was like, no, 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 and uh, their former president uh, convinced me when he introduced me to the CEO Mary and uh, my former boss Lee Bowen and I just said this would be a fun company and a huge opportunity 25 year old company that needed kind of this excavation overhaul of one of their what year was that? most fundamental departments this was two years ago okay is it Spirion as I said Spirion to Young Living yeah Spirion to Young Living okay so let's back up here for a second so you're helping running, running this Company. You haven't done really anything in HR. Well, staffing is I mean, staffing pretty is, heavy. It's more employment law compliance. Right. Yeah. Um, and in the meantime, I was doing a lot of consulting on workforce planning and strategy for the governor's office um, with with their executive director. Okay. And consulting on gender dynamics with a company called League of Allies. So that was kind of my baby. We were doing, you know, kind of coined the term gender synergy and helping yeah. educate on gender dynamics in the workplace. Still something I'm super passionate about. I think men and women are opposite sex for a reason. We are opposites, and so helping companies understand that it's not just about bringing women into the boardroom or the executive team, but it's also encompassing them and helping them, both sides, get to know each other and how to collaborate and work together. Um, so those were in conjunction with Spirion. So with Spirion, there was other um, <coughs> probably heavily HR-related stuff that I was doing on the side, a couple side businesses, I think, by the time I left Spirion, it was. I was saying I would like to do just one thing because it was a lot of different small things, and my energy was pulled in. And was that with the with Herbert Governor Herbert's office or that yeah. administration? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, with their with GoEd, and so uh, they came to me partially uh, with this strong emphasis on the gender dynamics and culture and inclusion. That's something I had been really passionate about and consulting on and um, at first I thought there's no way and again it was convincing it was a cool opportunity um, so we kind of had carved out a three to five year plan on what needed to happen and it was a lot and uh, it was a cool opportunity I restructured the team brought in some of the best talent I swear they have one of the best teams in this in the world honestly great team and um, the young living is I mean They've been noticed and recognized yeah. won awards for yeah. we won work that you've implemented, right? Yeah, yeah, we won a lot of awards. We did a lot of cool things. We won, I think, a total of five Stevie Awards through the COVID relief efforts. And COVID, it, to be honest, COVID was kind of what broke me. I think if I'm fully transparent, I just realized that 
You know, it started for us, you know, when it hit kind of the Macau office, we, you know, our, our Macau and APAC offices in you know, Hong Kong had just finished protests. And then I think they were in the office for a couple of weeks before COVID hit. So it was like they were not able to come to work because they weren't safe because of protests. And then they weren't able to come to work because they weren't safe because of COVID. And, you know, it was, we had people back in Singapore and they flew in and I said, it was, you know, Singapore went to red alert on uh, Friday and they got home Saturday and wanted to go to the office Monday. And it was the me saying, wait, there's a lot going on and it hasn't hit us yet. Well, we've got to take this seriously. And then it, we, you know, we're a global company. And so it became pretty serious pretty quick. And I had worked with my team to, to, build, to build a pandemic response plan, which at the time felt crazy. I mean, there were people who were like, that you're taking this too far. This is too much. You're, you're out of your mind. And I'm like, no. This is before it kind of hit this here, though? Wait, this was back in February. So we finalized this by February, by Valentine's Day. We had had our pandemic response plan kind of finalized and done. And it was so crazy because it had, you know, two, you know, tiered leave programs where, you know, if you're impacted by it, but you don't have it, you get, you know, a week paid and then two weeks paid if you're impacted and do have it. Like, we kind of tiered the leave. And based on so you could work furloughs home. came out and all this stuff and the PP, I mean all the stuff. Yeah. You guys had that. Ready. We had this super awesome pandemic plan in That's place. Awesome. Um, and brilliant woman, woman on my team. Um, her and I spent a lot of time on it. She she dove in with me and we we did the best we could, not knowing what was even coming, but yeah. basing it on what we were seeing, especially in China. And um, I remember we you know kind of had started building out this work from home plan and, and I talked to. Uh, our SVP of global operations about the distribution center for contingency planning. We talked to the call center. If we had to send everybody home, what was needed, and we all just kind of started working in the background. And we gave the plan on Friday to our CFO and president at the time. And you know, we sat down on Monday to kind of peel through it. And they're like, "No, I just said I think we need to do a, a mock send everybody home day." And they said, "You know, maybe we're being are we being too proactive here? Are we being too reactive here? Like, should we wait? Should we let this?" And out, we were just kind of deciding what to do. Anyways, by Thursday that week, everybody in the entire company was home. So, really? Okay. And we were, but we were ready, we were prepared, and uh, our SVP of Global Ops, um, at the time, he, he's, I think he's since left, but Troy Moore, he killed it down at the distribution center. I have to say that keeping people safe and keeping people healthy was, I mean, it was, there was a lot of sleepless nights and late, late phone calls, and this isn't just here. You know, there's kind of 23 countries all over the world, and you know, here we've hit, you know, hit here hard, but hadn't quite traveled to LATAM yet. And then our Latin American market hit it, and then you know, watching what was going on in South Africa and making sure that just everybody was synced up. And we had to deploy, you know, we launched a new employee internet right in the middle of COVID. It was not supposed to be launched for like a couple more, you know, three, four weeks at least out, and we just ramped it up, got it done sooner, and rebuilt the way we communicated with our staff. and. It was such a fun adventure, but there was this point in time in the middle of it where I just said, I don't have capacity anymore. Like I am at capacity. I have a daughter, I have this farm, I have friends, I have family. I mean, some of my family I hadn't talked to in so long, which I'm, I am ashamed to admit, but it was true. And um, I had just gotten divorced and I'm like, you know, I did, we did so well with COVID. I, this team is set up, ready to roll. All of, you know, I did a six month, my, six months at Young Living, I did a presentation and said, you know, here are my commitments to you. Here's what, what I see the, the roadmap needing to be and how we can execute on all of the 
initiatives that you want but still maintain some of this foundational stuff that's really important to a people department, a people team. You know, it was HR, we completely rebranded it, um, did a centralized model when it was really decentralized. I mean, we did a lot. And I just said everything I had said in that six-month meeting, we've done. And yes, there's still always more work to be done, but, but I could leave today with it all on the field at the, high, at the peak, knowing that I couldn't, I couldn't leave you in better hands um, and really go focus on me and my passions and what makes me happy because as much as I loved Young Living and what a cool company. My gosh, if you want to meet some of the most incredible people who walk in the doors of Young Living, amazing people work there, amazing people. But uh, I don't know that you know climbing the ladder in a $2 billion global company is what I want in my life today. Did that change? Did that? Did this change from let's say 2019 to 2020? Yeah. Absolutely. COVID, a thousand percent, was Just, what helped me kind of take that step back and say, what am, I, <clears throat> what am I doing? Where am I going? Because you don't realize, you know, it kind of it forced us to go and be in our homes, and then all of a sudden, I think I, I got used to being home every day with my daughter and. Um, I think I realized how much more I needed that than maybe she does. It really was, I want to be here and uh, getting to go out in the middle of the day and spend some time with the animals or uh, take a quick half hour break and mm -hmm. which I, I got to admit there was many times when it was like 7 a.m. till 7 or 9 p.m. Mm -hmm. in the very beginning of this at least at least and then you know calls off and on till midnight and um, I think as women, we're different in that we only have so much capacity when it comes to hunting. Like, we're not designed as hunters, we're gatherers. So, the corporate world is very much set up for a hunter mentality. You know, the, the eight to five schedule is really a male circadian rhythm, not a female's. And so, we kind of pretzel ourselves into this masculine world. And, and, and at some point, our capacity is diminished because we have to figure out a balance between how we can contribute as. You know the, the the even the maternal for those of us who have kids and yet still be this hunter and then still have enough capacity to take care of ourselves because women have to fill their tanks in order to give and we can't give what we don't have and what i realized at one point is i didn't have anything left in most of my tanks it's like you have this moment where you're like i have to be patient right now and you kind of stop and you're like i can't even find patience within me i can't find it my tank's empty and so there are women who do this far better than I think I did, but no question. But um, I just had this, it was kind of one of those midlife crisis moments where I just said, I'm, I, you know, I have my dream home and I'm divorced and I'm you know, running this, this ranch and I've got this teenager, which is terrifying. <laughs> and she's gonna be gone. She's gonna be 18 in four years and who am I? What am I gonna do when she's gone? And, um, so it was definitely more about me saying if there's ever a point in my time to figure some, some very key things out, it's now. And I can never let myself um, ever get to the place where that balance becomes skewed. Because I was, it, there was very much a, an imbalance within me when it came to where I was, you know, you can tell a lot about person where they spend their time, energy, and money. And my time and my energy was heavily focused on my career for so long. Um, that's not the legacy I wanted to leave behind. I've seen, I've seen a lot of people in 
that have made similar decisions as that. But, you know, just this has brought them to a tipping point of they realized that whatever they were doing, whatever career, just they couldn't do it any longer and they didn't hate it, but they, it just yeah, makes them decide, like, I got to spend my time, my energy doing the things I love or doing the things I need, I know I need to be doing, but it's crazy how all this pandemic, the perspective has changed for so many people. And it's been, it, it's kind of interesting too, I think, how blessed, it's it's great that you you were in a position that you could actually act on those feelings and, and <clears throat> thoughts. And because there's a lot of people that just, they know that they don't, they know they don't want to be doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And this is also put in perspective, but they can't, they can't change, they can't switch anything. And it, it's kind of sad, but. No, a lot of people, I've heard the same similar story, so I think that's amazing. I, I love that just kind of totally switch gears, like that's that's crazy. Was it a <clears throat> extremely difficult decision to be like, One of know, the hardest I'm ever at a VP at a $2 billion company, and I'm going to walk away? Yeah. Probably on a scale of 1 to 10, like was it a 10? 50. 50, okay. But when, but you do, you knew inside. Was it just uh, you're scared to tell people or actually verbalize the decision? Because you obviously have to internalize it first, decide in your head. But if you don't speak it and actually tell somebody, it's not gonna happen. It's not real. But that that's probably the hardest part. I, I would imagine. Yeah, especially for someone like me who who I'm like I'll just wrap my arms around everything and it's yeah. okay. We'll get through it. I, I grew up in survival mentality. I mean, there's that's funny because. You know, we all laugh about like the end of times or what if and how we survive and I'm like, I'm not afraid. I don't care, I'm pretty gritty, I'm not afraid. And I just have that mentality. So then when things get hard, I get harder and I, I dig in and I, um, so I don't think, this wasn't a conscious decision, it was definitely a heart spirit decision and I've been a life coach for 12 years and um, I usually have two or three people I'm working with at any given time and one of the things that I've always empowered people to do is, is to take a step back and ask themselves, what do we really need? You know, what do I really need? Because I can spend my life living in want and never be satisfied, or I can be fully aware of what it is I need and make a life around that. And so it, it was kind of me having to take some of my own coaching and saying, what do I really need? Yeah. And it was the hardest decision. Um, and but like I said, I think there's people who are wired differently and maybe better for this. But I always thought my career defined me. This was an identity crisis for me. Yeah. This was not just me leaving my job to go pet my cow, even though sometimes it may feel that way. <laughs> and it, it, it seems that way to me even in moments, but this was an identity crisis because I realized, I think what it was is I realized that where I perceived my value and my contribution was through my work. That I had a very personal tie to over 3,000 employees that they were counting on me. And um, I, I just, that, that identity for me was who am I outside of this? Who am I at the end of the day when I go home? Because to be honest, I had this like, you know, on the outside, this perfect marriage and this perfect dog, everything kind of looked perfect. And when my marriage got rocked, and by the way, he's an amazing man, we're support really good friends, we live in the same small town, we see each other often, we share our dogs like half the time, so it's not like there's this animosity or this tumultuous divorce, it wasn't that way at all actually, it was probably more peaceful than when I, for me internally, that was more peaceful than deciding 
to leave the identity that I had known. Yeah. But when parts of your identity get rocked and you start peeling some of these layers back and you start looking into yourself, and um, I realized that I received so much of the validation and, and comfort I received from my job was hiding me from actually exploring parts of me that needed time and attention and energy and focus and love. Because when you can throw yourself into a massive project and get kudos at work and win awards, like you know, you talk about these awards that we've won, and you can look back and say, you know, these COVID awards that we won, these Stevie awards, like, yeah, that's incredible, but there was a price tag on my end. I can't speak for anyone else on my team or the company, but I know for me, there was a price tag that came with that. And so I needed to go out one step beyond, you know, who is Aubrey Bates outside of a professional? And it's weird because being even being single and people saying, well, what do you do? I'm like, nothing. <laughs> And I have to bite my tongue because oh, I want to justify yeah, it. I want to say, but I used to do How long is this? Yeah. yeah, how long is this? My sabbatical? Well, I mean, you probably don't know. I'm just, but it, it's, it, I mean, is it just kind of this, I don't, I don't know. It'll hit me and I just am going to decide. Well. When I, when I come back and start kicking ass again, I don't, I mean, is it. I don't know if I'll ever, uh, so, it's uh, a good question. I have been doing some consulting, so it's not like I'm completely off. You know, I may sure. fall back off the wagon a time or two and do these little consulting projects for companies. Um, so I have been doing some consulting. I've been doing one-on-one -on -one coaching. So I kind of now I usually do a couple people. Now I've got a bigger. Client and the one-on-one -on -one coaching is this life coaching stuff, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, so I'm doing that right now, and there's a couple business ventures I'm working on, deciding where I want to put those and the time and the energy. Um, there's a couple companies that have approached me that that there's conversations happening, but again, there's this, this thing inside me that now has this clear vision of what it would have to look like because I can't let it, I can't, I, it's just kind of, I'm an all or nothing person and I have to learn to not be that person. I have to learn to be able to say, this is enough here and then this is enough here. So. Yeah. It could be, you know, at first I said, I'm not going to take anything until January. And then after week two, I was like, oh man, January's really far. Uh, this is really far. Um, and so if the, if the right thing comes along, there's, there's definitely an opportunity yeah. for me. You look at it and take it serious. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it would have to be, uh, have to be, right be fit. the right fit. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah. Be able to be home, be with your daughter. Yep. Be with maybe yep. Winnie. And Young Living, I will say, before, you know, there was, it was never the company's expectation of me ever. It was my own expectations of myself knowing what we were up against. And it was, um, I, at COVID, I think pretty much rocked every senior executive, leader, HR, professional, like all of us have been rocked. I've been talking to friends and I'm like, man, this does feel like hell. In the middle of it, we you know we had a, a group of us that were would get on a call. There was about seventeen of us from companies globe, not globally, sorry, nationally. And we would get on this call, and it was like people were tired. We'd turn on our Zoom cameras, and you could just see the exhaustion and like this just pain setting in. Now I feel like people are refreshed, and things are kind of getting back to normal-ish. Yeah. And um, so I don't know. I totally just down a different path but when you're asking when I'm going to step back into the world I don't think I'll step back into the world in the capacity that I was before until my daughter's going to be graduated um, 
and maybe not ever. You know, my dream is in five years I want to buy a ranch in Montana and do corporate retreats, and I just want to run a ranch, which. I'll come with you. It just makes me happy. I want to do be you own cowboy boots? That's literally, I, I, all I want to do is. Is that, I want to end up is that a prerequisite? You have to have cowboy It is, because so. I can't tell you how many people come to my house and look at their white Air Jordans or like their whatever. I haven't made it to buy boots for like three years. I like work boots. The problem with boots is it, it takes years to break them in. <clears throat> but not, well, yeah, if you don't break them in. Well, that's the problem. Is I, I have to wear them every day. Yeah. But anyway, I want to be in Montana. My boots, I literally go through a pair of boots um, every six months. I'll like burn through a pair of What's boots. What's the best boot? Well, what's a good boot for a dude just that who's going to wear them on the weekends? Oh, okay. That's... <laughs> that's uh, Ariats are good. I like Double H, but that's like winter's coming and it of course steps on your foot. You're okay. just, they're tougher. Yeah. Uh, I like the Double H boots a lot, but Ariats are really good. Um, yeah, and can we talk about how the fact that Wranglers are becoming popular again? Are they? Yes. It's, no. They're, they're the thing and they're popular, which just pisses me off because I wear them because I need them to go over my boots. Yeah. They're the only jean that does the good job of You've been wearing them forever because they're functional. Yeah, they're functional. And they're baggier so you can move around in them. But now they're popular, so all these girls in LA are buying them to cut them off into shorts. Bullshit. And I can't buy them. I can't. They're sold out. So please stop buying Wranglers if you don't need them. You can buy like the skinny jeans. If you don't have a Wranglers, don't freaking buy Wranglers. Yeah. Just, buy, just don't buy the boot People will listen. If you don't have a Wranglers, you can't. Don't buy the boot cut wranglers, you're stealing them from me. Okay, where in Montana? This is important. Do you have a city or an area in mind? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I was thinking outside of Whitefish, like Whitefish Kalispell area. But Paradise Valley is also so incredible that I'm like, okay, if I can afford Paradise Valley, I'd be all about it. But then, yes. then I was just in Wyoming a couple weekends ago in Alpine. Yeah. And is it Star Valley, Star Valley? Yeah, yeah. Star Bye. Valley area. Yeah. I would totally do Wyoming. And the thing I like about Wyoming is it's still kind of wild, wild west. Montana is becoming more and more like California. Yeah. And so I'm almost thinking five years it could be Montana. It could Just be stay Wyoming. away from the Missoula area. We don't All like the liberals there. Yeah, lots of liberals. I mean, I, I, mean, not, I, I, I don't know if you're liberal. I was just saying. I'm very, very outside of Park City, so I'm used to. Yeah. Oh, <clears throat> Here's the thing that's so cool about Colville. Although I hope nobody else buys a house there ever because of well, Let's just say Colville sucks and no one ever goes Colville there, right? sucks so bad. Yeah. However, it's, I'm like 12 minutes from Whole Foods Park City. Yeah, you're it's close. You're away. It's amazing. They're building a 500-home community right behind me with a golf course in Colville. What? Mm -hmm. Oh. You know, I'm hoping in five years they'll be gone and then they... Is the course already there? No. no. So this they're is just like... doing like the infrastructure. Yeah. I think it's kind of like a Red Ledges type... Yes. Right about that, though. Yeah. As much as I feel bad for you for that coming in, <laughs> I don't like it. I am excited about an additional. Another golf course. Oh. <laughs> See, we I love, love, I love golf. I love See, golf. I love golf, so I'm like, why would I need a golf course? Yeah, I, I golfed in the governor's tournament like four years ago and almost hit the governor with a ball. I mean, it landed you. within like a, a foot of the governor, and I just that decided that at that point. Story. It, well, it, even his security came out, and you know, you think that everybody like it was an accident. Or, you know, everybody he kind of like comes up and looks, and everybody steps away from me. It's almost like a movie. Like Gary, it was the lady. It was her, and then I was 
were so nervous when we got to the putt. So when you get to the governor's hole, you putt. And his photog takes a picture of you putting. But I was so nervous after I just almost hit the governor with the ball. And I'm a terrible golfer. I shouldn't have been there in the first place. But I putt and like the ball goes up and it hits her camera. And he's and the, Gary looked at me and was like, you should not quit your day job. You're not invited next year. You will not be invited. What is uh, maybe two or three of the biggest problems that you see in the HR world right now? Um, I think the world of work is changing and humanity is changing. And this sounds super philosophical, but to me it's true. And I think that the biggest thing we face is how do we create a workspace that works for everyone? Um, that's number one. Again, moms need a different work culture than dads or women do than men. I think ever, I, I actually have a joke that, but I mean it, like women should get a day off every month for their period. They just should because it sucks. No, There's a company doing that. We It should be done everywhere. I saw that the other day. It that's awesome. Like, I love that. That's your day. And men are like, well, you know, you know, some men may, not, might not agree with it. And frankly, I don't give a shit because they don't have a period, so they don't know yeah. how you experience it. You don't get to judge. But give it off. Like, our hormones do way different things than you guys do. And to expect us to come to work bleeding and participate at 100%, you're crazy. So I think that should be the thing. But anyways, finding a world of work that adapts to, um, and, and it's not just men and women, it's, you know, there's there's this, um, this ex expectation that somebody will come to work at 65 and be able to participate the same as somebody who's at, at 22. You know, I have a good friend who's an executive in a company and he's, 65 and he's like I'm slowing down and I can't keep up but he's brilliant he is so brilliant and it's like this idea that he has to be there 12 hours a day to make a difference yeah right that guy could work four hours a day and still run circles around people who have far more you know energy and enthusiasm because they're just fresh and new in their career so the world of work is changing we need to change our work schedules our work paradigm our work dynamic I don't know if you've heard of grow but it's results only work environment they're consulting firm super cool ladies and I think that's where we're going. Like what are the results you're here to produce? That's it. That's what you count for. When you do it, how you do it, I don't really care. Yeah, as long as it gets done. As long as it gets done. Um, I think the next is, I think we're so afraid of making mistakes as companies that we stay neutral on things that we shouldn't. Just the status quo. Yeah, I think we need a couple, uh, I, even if it's things I disagree with, I think we need how companies you, who- How do you get away with that though? I don't know. I don't have an answer, but I do think that somebody does nation solve it. It almost seems like the personalities or the personality of the the face or the founders or the CEOs determine how they can get away with that. Like Elon Musk can say anything. He can say anything he wants because it doesn't. It, he could and, and it could be completely controversial. Yeah. But if he truly doesn't give a shit. And it, it sometimes, sometimes it just rolls off of company. It really does kind of roll off and roll down the line when they just they are so confident they believe in that what they say is right. But I, it was it, you know I was just curious. It just kind of seems like I, I love that, but it just I don't I pull like you have to how do you pull it off? Like how does somebody that doesn't have that personality? I think you pulse your people. Like I'm more about if you're a company, you have an obligation to your employees first and then your customer. Employees come first. In fact, I believe companies should be taxed astronomically if their executives make a higher amount than a certain percentage of their lowest paid employee. 
I think employers have a due diligence and obligation to their employees. And part of that is if we're going to take a stand and we're not going to be afraid to make mistakes in the spirit of doing what's best for our people, it's not about necessarily what's best for all the people, it's our people. And what pulse our employees, what do they want, what do they need, what are they not getting from us to feel safe and secure and satisfied in coming to work, and then that's what we take a stand for as a company. Because we get on these cultural and political um, waves, which is okay, I, I do believe companies should use their platform for, for a voice of good or reason, but, but outside of those waves, what do your people need? And how do you take a stand for your own inter internal people? And you know, the, the, I think the Black Lives Matter movement helped a lot of us see that there's, there's people within our workplaces that do feel um, disadvantaged at times, but maybe in, you know, in Utah, maybe it's um, not just the African American community, but we have a high population of the Hispanic community, and how are we supporting them? And how, mm -hmm. you know, I've been in a lot of companies that say, you know, English only, English only. Well, why? Why? This is your workforce. They're here to serve you. Is it so hard to serve them by incorporating Spanish speaking materials or offering English classes? Or, you know, just, so for me, it's take a stand for your people. Listen, pulse, know what they need, and then take the actions every day to yeah. support the people. Because people are powering our business, and yet half the time we don't even know what they want or need. We're flying so high up top that we're looking at whatever the cultural norms are and the new keywords, and then we're like marking the shit out of how we can support that. Meanwhile, we have somebody in our lowest rungs of our organization who are suffering from something we haven't even considered or thought of. Yeah. No one's even asking that. No one's asking that. And I think lastly, it's just, um, I think burnout. And maybe this is just sensitive to me, but from what I've experienced <clears throat> from so many people, I know I think people are burning out. We gotta, we gotta develop some sort of. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts or ideas on that, on how you prevent that? Yeah. Well, what about I mean, coming from a position where you felt like you kind of were, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, mine was self-induced. Mine was 100% self-induced. Like, could have, could have anything changed? Could have anything been better for you to avoid that? As you look back. I don't. I, um, I don't think Young Living could have done anything differently. Because I don't. I don't know if I could have just based on the <clears> dynamic <throat> of what had happened. Now we weren't looking at 2020. That's a completely different story. So 2020 yeah. almost like yes. A, yeah, it's this. It's irrelevant because all of us yeah, felt that. Yeah, 2018, 2019, 2021 in the yearbooks. Yeah, I think. I think that if companies were to <clears> invest more in. Well, it's, it's like, like mandatory, mandatory, like yeah, PTO, like requiring and allowing, and, and PTO means. I've always thought, wouldn't it be so cool if PTO meant your email actually shut down? Like if you as a company shut down somebody's email <laughs> for the day, PTO means unplugged, disconnected time away, or you know, emails turn off at a certain time at night, so you're not able to get online and, and work at all hours of the night. Because as a leader, if you're sending emails at three o'clock in the morning and somebody answers them at five and we were just almost programmed to be like wow that, that person's on it but in reality that's no, tough it's it's probably not and, the case. yeah a required pto like a required week mm -hmm. every so often whatever yeah. and it's like no you have no choice you're gonna get paid mm -hmm. you cannot come in you can't answer emails and you have a pro a system set up where it funnels everything to the team picks up the slack because everybody knows they're gonna get their little week or whatever and then also making them use their PTO. A lot of people just save it up, and then, you know, maybe come like we even have a program where we can we pay it out at a certain point, but we also don't pay. You know, if they accumulate too much, they, 
we have a we have a way to make them use it. What if it was like? What if we did this like mandatory PTO? But I can because I can hear the argument. I always hear from people, like somebody's like, I don't want to take PTO because I don't have anything to do. So what if it's like as an onboarding? You're like, hey, list all of the things that you enjoy, and somebody can say, I like ceramics, and it's like, hey, we as a company are giving you your required PTO day, and by the way, we signed up for you to go to the ceramics yes. here, or you know, helping them incorporate some of their lifestyle stuff into work, and so it's not just a day off where they're sitting home Netflix and chill, which maybe that's somebody's thing and yeah. cool, but um, the, you know, companies, it's met this idea of like, yes, take your PTO, but also let us help you invest in stuff that's kind of this more um, creative, more, you know, get helping people get in and find their flow, if it's art, if it's horseback riding, if it's something I don't know I've always dreamed of a company I think I just heard Nike's doing this too that says we're gonna buy into like an Airbnb model where we have houses in the coolest places all over the world like every national park we have a house right outside of it and then the employees can choose to go stay there and they can kind of rotate and have it as mm -hmm. part of their culture I, I think this is the future of work incentives and perks those are gonna be what drive employees to come yeah, smaller corporate office mm -hmm. thousands of homes it's like uh, they travel, they work, 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 travel. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, that's pretty. That's actually pretty cool. Who's the company that bought Team? That their big old real estate. We work. Yes, it's yeah. like we work, but housing. Like you could take your wife and kids and yes. go spend a week in Zion on the company. Or like you could even do this nomad thing where you just have people who can live in one of the twenty eight hundred properties you have around the world. I don't know. I think. I think that's what companies have to do. It's this whole lifestyle overhaul. It's we've all talked about work-life balance for so long. Now it's okay. That's done. That's a dead idea. What's this work-life integration? How can there be a seamless transition from work into life without it feeling like it's polar opposites pulling at the same? It's like a tug of war all the time. Yeah. Let's fix that. Yeah, that'd be interesting cool to see how that would play out. I mean, work. think about how much less money you would work for if your employer was investing in your hobbies. And if your employer was allowing you to have travel and experience, I mean, you'd take less money. I mean, we've all learned at some point in our life, we figure out this light bulb goes off, but we're like, whether I'm making X amount of dollars or X amount of dollars, my lifestyle really hasn't changed a whole lot. And because it's like, who's that rapper? Mo money, mo problems. It's true. I mean, every time I, my friend goes and buys a boat, I'm like, well, that's good. And then two years later, like, that was the worst purchase. It cost me a fortune. And I'm like, you didn't need the boat. I mean, if one person loves their boat, I would be surprised. Most people are just <laughs> the dumbest thing I've ever done. start on boats. Let's talk about boats. Boat people, boats. Boat people. I'm, I'm an anti-boat. I mean, people think that same thing about me and my animals. We're like, how about you buy animals? Which is also a... But it seems like you're, yeah, you're just kind of like self-maintaining. Yeah, for the, I mean, for the most part. Until somebody gets... You don't have to milk the cows every week. Yeah. No, you got to feed them. You got to water them. You got to... Winter, winter But what else would you do? Question. I mean... Sit, sit and watch TV? Yeah, no, I'm not a TV person. In no. fact, pop culturally, I am so far out of the loop. If you quote a movie quote right now, I don't care. Ooh, well, you're going to get... This is where people yeah. have music. I don't know about music. music? <sighs> yes. I'm so bad. I listen to, like, I love... Uh, you guys, my music is just different. Well, don't tell me it's, like, instrumental bongos and No, drums. no, no. I mean, I okay. would probably listen to that. But I, I like country, I love country, but not country pop, princess country. I like like uh, the Steel Drivers and some bluegrass kind of music. And yeah, bluegrass. Okay. I like everything, and the whole way down I listen to Michael Bolton, like nonstop, I love Michael Bolton. 
Is he, is he still alive? He is still alive. He cut off all of his hair. Still and he did cut his hair. He did cut his hair. He's still very handsome. I always lump him and uh, the saxophone player together for some reason. Isn't, um, who's that guy? I don't know. Kenny. Kenny G. Kenny G. Kenny G and Michael Bolton for some reason seem like good buddies. Isn't, have you ever seen him in the office space? Uh, Isn't yeah. that guy's name Michael Bolton and they always ask me if he's related? Yes. Yeah, yeah, Michael Bolton. <laughs> Uh, I was going to do all, so we do some, some lyric stuff on here. I was going to do all 80s music today, and I didn't. So I was supposed to like guess what song it is? Yeah. What do you got, though? What do you got? Let's see. Trey. I just, let's go. Trey. I, I, I think we'll get some. I could probably do 80s better than I could do, like, today. My daughter just had her birthday party at my house, and I was like, here's the rule. No Cardi B. So no yeah, Cardi B. I don't have it at all. That's awful. Mm -hmm. That is awful. She's not allowed. <clears throat> we won't read those lyrics. No. <laughs> no, I got to finish with Danny. I, I actually read those lyrics as a, I was pretending to be like a poetic reader. Of her, most didn't recent, of her most recent song, if you know which one we're referring yeah. to. I had to. I had to block that on my Spotify, I kept popping up. Yeah. Kids these days. Yeah, I'm, 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 a, I'm going to hell on the inside. Reading that, trying to make it sound poetic. <laughs> no, 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 it just doesn't work. Okay. No. Um, well, thank you. You're welcome. All of your stuff has been awesome. Thanks. Yeah, I feel like we just scratched the surface here. Yeah. I'm glad that we'll be able to do a part two at your place. Yeah. I know how to cook pizza. Well, done. 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 We'll do pizza. We'll do, put you guys on one of the horses. Can we do a podcast while we're on the horse? Yeah. Just going around yeah. and talking? Yeah, bouncing. That'd be great. Yeah, we can do that. Goat yoga. You can actually. Goat yoga. I think yes. it's important that you try goat yoga and say, "This is why goat yoga is not." This is why it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. I just got shit on my. I just got shit on all, and then it's like <laughs> in your mat. Why was eating my shirt? And, and that's the other thing they eat. He was so hungry, he's eating my shirt. Backstreet Boys are in sync. Both. How do you okay. how do you choose? Some people are diehard one way or the other. Well, they cliche. It's really cute. Um, okay, how many Backstreet Boys can you name? That's probably why it tells you why it's difficult, because I don't care. Okay, there's, he just said Nick Lachey. I wouldn't have, oh wait, is he on That's office? in sync. Oh, no. no. Nick Lachey was not a Backstreet Boy. I think he was. There's no. a Nick, I don't know if it was there's Lachey. Nick. Nick was there's a Nick. Boy. There is a Nick that was Backstreet Boy. Not Nick Lachey married, he was 98 Degrees. Oh, oh that's right, I'm sorry. Oh. 98 oh, Degrees. Okay. So we have Joey's in sync. Okay, hold on. No. Backstreet Boys is okay. Joey? No. No. Backstreet Boys. Oh, okay. okay. Which yeah. one was Justin Timberlake in? He's in sync. In sync. Oh, okay. Okay, so basically, I don't know any of the Backstreet Boys names <laughs> except okay. for Nick. Okay. I mean, I don't even think I can see him in my head. What about in sync? How many can you name that? Justin Timberlake. Okay. Um, Joey. Yep. I don't know his last name. <clears throat> Lance. Yep. There's five of them? There's five. That's a lot. Man, that's six to That's good. Chris. Okay. Chris. And JC. Oh, JC! I can't believe I forgot that one. Backstreet Boy, we got Nick, Howie, AJ, Brian, and Kevin. I've never even heard those. But like they have an AJ yeah. and Backstreet Boys and they have a JC and NSYNC. Yeah, Kevin, yeah. Uh -huh. change, your, change your name if you're going to be in a boy band. First name's Kevin. Okay. Are you ready for some lyrics? I'm ready for the lyrics. Okay. <clears throat> it's difficult because I'm not giving you the tune, right? Is it yeah. just like, yeah, okay. 
You don't have to say what you did. I already know. I found out from him. Now there's just no chance with you and me. There'll never be. Don't it make it sad? Don't it make you sad about it? You told me you love me. Why did you leave me all alone? Now you tell me you need me when you call me on the phone. Girl, I refuse. You must have me confused with some other guy. The bridges were burned. Now it's your turn to cry. What year, what is decade? That, is that Justin Timberlake? Did I get it? I thought you said it was 80s. Cry me a river. No, I said I was gonna do all the oh. 80s, but I didn't, which I, which I that wish that I would've. I would've nailed it on the 80s, that's why I was like, let's do this. But I, yeah. that was Justin That was good, Justin Timberlake, Cry me a river. Cry me a river, yes. I love that song. Nailed okay. it. I love JT. Who doesn't? I don't Okay. <clears throat> Next one. I stay out too late. Got nothing in my brain. That's what people say. Taylor Swift. Mm -hmm. Oh, dude. That's what I people thought you were like a little country princess mm -hmm. country. But Taylor Swift is like. But she's like, she's a real she's deal. Like, like, like incredible music. What song? Yeah. That's what Shake it up. No. Yep. Is it shake it up? Yep. Shake it off. Shake it off. She's like the one thing that I tell my daughter. She just, like she just played in the uh, Country Music Awards on TV. I didn't watch it. It was good. I heard she had a new little single thing. I thought it was an amazing song. Her new CD's intense. It's pretty, it's kind of it's intense. Is it? She's got some good. feelings going on. Good for her. This is, uh, this one is, I think you'll get this one. It's country-esque. Okay. This is actually like my favorite song right now. Okay. Right now, this is your favorite song? Yeah. Okay. I love this song. Used to spend my nights out in a bar room. Liquor was the only love I've known. Oh, Chris Stapleton. Gosh, let's do this. You were so worried about I it, you just nailed all three. Chris Stapleton is ever. I mean, before he was Chris Stapleton, right. it was just the steel drivers. I'm like, how is this guy not more famous? Good. He's so good. Do you listen to this? Tennessee drivers? Whiskey. No. One of my, that's my all-time. So that's before, that's before he went solo. Yeah, so you're so he's been writing number one country songs forever. I think he actually holds the title of like written the most number one country really? songs. He's written for the best of the best, George Strait. He's and I'm a, I'm the biggest George Strait. You ever seen Pure Country? Yes, I am the biggest oh, George Strait fan, you guys. I literally still to this day I'm like he's gonna marry me at some point <laughs> in this life, right? We're gonna be married. Like I just need a George Strait for the life to come along. Um, yeah, you gotta listen to the Steel Drivers. Steel Drivers, I just wrote it down. Still drivers. You know what, what reinvented, well, not reinvented, but reinvigorated my Chris Stapleton, uh, like love, was watching Yellowstone, the series on TV. So good. So good, because he had just these gems of songs. I'm like, oh yes. Then I started listening to a bunch of this stuff again. But wait, I just don't understand why they killed off the cutest brother in the second episode. You thought he was the cutest? Hands down. What about Casey? No, everybody says that. He's cute. Everybody's like, what about Casey? I mean... Yes, yeah, true. You only saw him for like one episode. Two. Yeah, it was like And two. he was so awesome, and he seemed like the most level-headed one. I'm you gotta get on the ball, you gotta watch this. I know. You haven't watched Dude, Yellowstone? Don't, I, yellow, don't shame me. I just, I just almost bought a shirt that said, <clears throat> what would Rip do? Don't do it. Whatever Rip would do, don't do it. No, people are gonna think Rip Hamilton. Kick his, he's gonna kick your ass. Yeah, he's he's a redhead in real life. Oh yes, dude, he is actually. He's a redhead. Dude, Kevin Rip. Yeah. 
No, not Kevin. What's Costner. his name? No, it's what's his, Cole, I don't know who plays Rip. It's Cole something, isn't it? He's okay. kind of a he's kind of a weird, obscure actor. Been in a lot of stuff. This was his perfect role. His breakout. It really was. And how about that brother they killed? It was his perfect role, too. <laughs> Bring him back. back. Bring him back. Oh, bring him back. My wife watches it with me, and um, you just love and hate, like, there's a sister there, too. You love and hate her. Beth. Oh, Dude, Beth. I didn't like her until this most recent yeah. season. Now anyway, she's I digress. Great. I'm so sorry. But Chris Ableton, tons of songs on Yellowstone. Yellowstone's great. We should just have a podcast that does nothing but talk about Yellowstone. Oh, I, could do I, I think that would actually work. I could do oh, that. Would. I could do that. Um, <clears throat> if you had to, right, this is a life and death situation. If you had to get a forehead tattoo, what would it say? Oh my gosh. If you, if you don't tattoo your forehead, <clears throat> you die. You're dead. You're done. But you have, so you got to put something on there. You got to put something on there. And it's got to be with, it's a certain size. It can't be like a tiny thing. It's got to be. No, like, it's going to be like. Cross your forehead. Yeah. Like, Cool, like, goat. symbol some sort. Like, you know those tattoos that people get in Bali that are, like, symbolic and, like, like yeah, sick to geometry in them? I would do something like that. Okay. I mean, this last week I was convinced I was going to get my entire forearm tattooed, and that's when I thought, maybe I do need to go back to work. <laughs> maybe it's fine. Just because I, I spent, like, a half hour on Google going, this is kind of cool. Is... Did you watch The Last Kingdom? Another show? Well, it's just Vikings, and, dude. They just like they have crazy. There's a guy Ragnar, I can't remember Ragnar or something. Do crazy cool tattoo, like a little triangle thing around his forehead. He pulls it off, but he's got long hair and braids, and he'd probably keep your ass too. That's a big tattoos, but face tattoos are becoming more and more of a thing. Thanks to uh, the old Utah guy, Posty. Oh, mm-hmm. All right. So the rest of these questions are all. Would you rather questions? Oh, boy. Okay. I'm ready. The only rule is you have to answer. <laughs> you have to pick one. Okay. And you always ask one. It's the same. Oh, yes. I always get to ask one. You're not going to ask who I'm voting for, are you? No. Okay. Yes. No. Would you rather vote for? <laughs> no. Because in all reality, we probably don't care. We don't care. Nobody cares. Would you rather Tiger Woods takes his driver a full swing right to your shin, you know, okay, or Barry Bonds, play the Major League Baseball, swing, home run swing to the back. Shin. Wood bat. Wooden bat, just home run swing right to the middle of your back, or you're gonna, you're gonna look at Tiger Woods, he's gonna grab his driver and do a little waggle, and he's gonna swing as hard as, hard as he can right to your shin. This is so morbid, by the way, but I think the shin. You go shin. your shin. Because if you've ever had back problems, that's a serious, yeah, that's serious. Shin, you can do without back. It's kind of important. Yeah, you can do without your leg. Yep. Don't want to be paralyzed. That's always, that's really the end art. That's always a good argument. Yeah. Uh, would you rather have extremely bad breath or a terrible body odor? Can't, can't <laughs> fix it. It's one or the other. <laughs> Are they the same? <laughs> I would say bad breath because I or masks. So right now it's very convenient to have bad breath. But in twenty twenty one, when masks. We might be in masks like forever. In twenty twenty two. No way. Don't say that. Yeah, don't say that. I'm gonna say bad breath just because I just stop talking. Tell everybody I'm, I don't talk. <laughs> Sorry, I learned sign language. Say sign language. Sign language. Yeah. Okay. Would you rather have three arms or one arm? Where's the other arm? Three. Of? That's the question. 
Is it back? Is it, is it a functioning like arm? two on one side? I'm going to say two on one side. So you have two on one side, one on one side. You know, just here. Or just oh, one. It's functioning. Do you know how many times in my life I'm like, if I just had one more arm? Just one more. So you want three? Three. Oh, dude, you. What can... if it was like in your back? Mm, can I? No. <laughs> yeah, then you could be. Well, but you couldn't see what you were grabbing behind. Like you couldn't. Yeah, I don't know. That would, that'd be weird. If it was coming out of like your armpit, for sure three arms. Two on one side, I'd take three arms. Okay. Would you rather be incredibly overweight or incredibly hairy? Would be like your face is hairy, kind of like the like you maybe not the female, but we'll say I mean like arms, legs, you know, everything. It's just like it's like wolf man, wolf woman. I'd rather be. You got hairy chest. And... I'm just thinking of being on an airplane, and I would say I'd rather be hairy because it'd be super uncomfortable to not fit in the, you know. You just buy two seats. I have a job. <laughs> yeah, well, when you just kidding. All the times I'm flying. No, yeah. <laughs> Two seats. Sure, hold on, how, but we're, how heavy? I mean, we're talking like, we're talking like the He's guys on the show's heavy? Incredibly heavy. Like 800 pounds? Maybe like 600. You're not flying anyway. 600 pounds. Yeah. But you can't, if you shave, if you shave, it just grows back, like an X-Men thing or something? Sure, yeah. You're just hairy, man. There's no getting rid of it. Like, shaving, laser hair removal, it's not working. You are hairy. Taking the hair. Hair, okay. Uh, would you rather be in jail for five years or in a coma for a decade? Jail for five years. Jail for five. Yeah. Like a, I mean, imagine all the stories I could come tell you guys. Yeah, dude. Part three. Shawshank Redemption. Part, Part three. Aubrey's trip in jail. <laughs> five years yeah, later. That's actually like one of my biggest fears in life is going to jail for something I didn't do or like ending up in prison. But if I went to jail for five years, I could like read so many books and get super swole and work out. And you could do like cool programs in prison. Maybe you'd be, you'd be like the, like, what's the guy that bought all of uh, Shawshank? Uh, he's the guy that could get things. Yeah, I can't remember his name. But they put me in charge of the kitchen. I learned how to cook. Andy Dufresne and his you best get cigarettes friend. for everybody. Yeah, I'd yeah. be the cigarette smuggler and I'd make friends yeah. so fast. Prison. Jail, sign me up for that. Would you rather have to eat a dead rat or mm. live spiders? No. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> How many spiders? Uh, say a handful. Just I like his qualifying questions. Ooh, no. Because <laughs> spiders, if it was just two, a dead I, rat, and you can't cook it? Is it like raw? It's just dead on the... It's a dead rat, yeah. You're not cooking it. This is... Do I have to say spiders? Because I would just put them in something and eat them really fast. But either way, I'm puking. Like, either way, it's, it's not staying down. Yeah. I think I'm just crawling in your mouth and you're trying to like move them with your tongue. No, if you've ever like, them down. you just kind of like fairly They stop moving. Like, you step on a spider and even if it's not all the way dead, he kind of, they kind of just stop moving. Yes. So. How is your throat getting? How is it going to go down your throat? You just take water and you put them in your mouth and you swallow them. What if the rule was you couldn't drink for two minutes after you swallowed? Like, am I getting paid for any of this stuff? No, you're not getting paid. No, this is just... Just somebody's going to kill me if I yeah, don't do these You have things. to do one or the other. Uh, not necessarily dead. <laughs> Those are just the rules of... I would pick dead. Just death. Death. <laughs> would you rather eat a dead rat or live spiders or would be dead? Dead. 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 Uh, there would be a lot of dead answers that are... <laughs> I'm going to just kill me now. 
Would you rather have to buy all used underwear or all used toothbrushes? Well, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> um, I mean, if you buy used underwear, you can just wash them and bleach them and like clean them. A toothbrush is really hard to get clean. But, but you know they've been used. It's just it doesn't change the fact that you know you have no just, idea I would just not who wear wore these panties. I would just not wear them. <laughs> I mean that sounds so gross. Unfortunately, you have, have to pick one. <laughs> okay, so I would do the underwear and then I would wash them because the toothbrush I just don't think you can wash. Okay. Yeah, soak in bleach. <laughs> it would melt. Like... It would melt the toothbrush. <laughs> Would you rather have to talk like Yoda for the rest of your life or breathe like Darth Vader? Breathe like Darth Vader. <sighs> breathe like Darth Vader. Okay. It would make this podcast beautiful. It would. But if you spoke like Yoda, then it doesn't matter what you say, but people think you're I'm smart. I'm going to be honest, I've never seen Star Wars, so I don't know what Yoda sounds <laughs> like. I'm not even going to pretend to. No. It, it's, yeah. I just feel like Darth Vader is the one I knew, so I went with that one for That's me. good. Yeah. Uh, would you rather have a mullet or a perm for the rest of your life? A perm. Like, like a tight curl. Tight curl perm. Perm. Watching that perm. perm. Okay. All right. I mean, I'm what already out. Do? What would you do? There's only one answer. Oh, mullet. Mullet. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is, is I already go out and like mow my lawn and I have like a zero time lawnmower, so it's not like even a cute thing. And then I'm in my boots and my baggy usually my overalls or something, so I already am so far seem into like... a certain world that like, if I had a mullet, it would destroy any of my chances of ever coming back from that. I just, it would, it would I would forever be brand new. <laughs> and you love 80s music, and then, you know, the, the perms are you I do, I mean, I can rock perm. I can do yeah, it. I can see it, okay. Mustache uh, and mullet, just... Would you rather always have an annoying song stuck in your head or always have an itch? Annoying song stuck in my head. Annoying song. Uh, would you rather eat powdered sugar that has been laced with dandruff? Ugh, or a glazed donut and the glaze has been laced with sweat? Um, You're not gonna taste it. You probably just, but you just know. Probably the donut, because at least it's a donut versus powdered sugar. I mean, a donut. Okay. I'm a big fan of donuts. Okay. You've been to the Dough Show, downtown Salt Lake. Huge donut show with all the donut people around and booths, and they just give away free donuts. I'm not. Just taste test the donuts. Text you when that comes uh, back. Oh, will. There's it was got canceled because of COVID, but it does it every year. There's one in Heber, and I think it's like Jimmy's or something. Oh no, it's over in Midway. So What's it called? I think it's a Judy's. Judy's. I could be making that up. It's it's just a little white building with a black like awning. So I'll find out what it's called. It's the best. They have a raspberry fritter, which fritters are amazing, but why they put apples in them, I don't know. Apples aren't supposed to be warm. Carrots, apples, they're not supposed to be warm. I don't know. So like carrot cake, you're like, yeah. No, gross. But raspberries? You can do anything with a raspberry. You can put dandruff on a raspberry. It's so acceptable. Put that, yeah, she'll eat the donut. I'll eat the donut with, with that. Okay, I'm going to change this one around then. I've done this one before. I, I added it a little bit different, but I'm going to change it. Okay. So would you rather eat one pound 
of poop that tastes like raspberries, or two pounds of raspberries that taste like poop. The one pound of raspberries that tastes like or of poop that tastes like I mean, if it tastes like raspberries, what do I care? But it's like, but it is. It's it's poop though, so it's like it's some bacteria. Poop. I'll close my eyes. But Who's hey, poop? it doesn't taste like it. Who's uh, poop? Like human poop or animal poop? You know, TBD. <laughs> I mean, that that changes everything because animal yeah, poop true. like is pretty, pretty clean. Yeah. Okay, I'm going human then. Human okay. human feces. <laughs> Let's just think, think of the word. Think of the grossest neighbor you have on one of your shoots. <laughs> I don't have hardly any neighbors. What is the, the yeah. grossest guy in cool? Mm. <laughs> I mean, who are they? His his. Okay, so I'm not eating actually. poop. I'm but not people eating. people don't know, but people see you eating it, they're like. Shit. <laughs> so you want but to but you're like, no, 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 it's fine. Like, it's like, 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 okay, yeah, it tastes like raspberries. False. But I mean, you, you, you're the only one that knows that. So people are watching me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I feel like I feel like this gets more and more complex. Yeah. Okay. I'm the raspberries. Complex. I can't eat raspberries that taste like poop. I can't. I won't no. be able to eat two pounds. That is a lot. All right. So a pound of poop that tastes like raspberries. Yeah. Okay. Just get her done. Would you rather fall to your death or be buried alive? Uh, I feel like when you get back in like, when you are back and you have to hire people in your interview, you should ask them would you rather questions. I think I agree. Okay. I agree. I would say fall to my death. Fall to your death. Oh man, both of them would just be so shitty. But just to be in, dead on impact. Yeah, I mean it's just... Dead on impact. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, I don't know, it's just like, let's say like you're at the top of Maybe, maybe yeah, being you know, very alive, you just have to pass out, you just have to pass out, Yeah, but I'm so claustrophobic, <clears throat> and I just... And then I think there's this point when you're falling, where you're like... Okay. Okay, like, and imagine just, there's like this moment of peace. I imagine there's this be. moment of... Like, you basically get scared, like, yeah. oh, I'm done. And then as you're falling, you're like, yeah, I'm done, okay. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing I can do. Yeah. But you're trying to kick yourself out of the, you're buried alive, you still got hope a little bit. Maybe it's a shallow grave. Yeah. Worms and spiders yeah. start coming after you. You can just eat the spiders. Yeah, you stay alive by eating spiders. Yeah. Would you rather hear hear the voices of dead people or just see their ghosts? Well, I'd rather hear them. Just have conversations. Can we like talk? Yeah, yeah sure. Come on, that'd be amazing. That would be fun. Both of those sound amazing. Uh, my last, my last one. My last one. God, we got did, I, did I pass? Would you rather live in a real world Harry Potter or the Avengers where you are one of the Avengers? I haven't even seen Harry Potter or the Avengers. I know, okay. this was a thing. Magic versus su superhero. Oh, I get to be a superhero or yeah. I get to be a, a wizard? Yeah. Do I get to be a wizard? Yeah. Yeah, you get, a, you get your mana, you get to do some magic. Yeah. Am I a good wizard or like? Yeah, you're a good wizard. Yeah, you're a hot that's, that's Oh wait, but then there's other people who are wizards. That's when if you're a superhero, you're like the only one of a few superheroes. But there are a lot of normal humans that aren't wizards. Unless you're watching the boys and there's lots of them. I want to be a superhero. Have you seen the boys? No. What would your superpower be? All of them. Just take them all. So you're the most all powerful superhero. You are. Yeah. There's no need for any other superheroes because no, you are. me. A hundred percent me. I do it all. Yeah. All yeah. of it. It's good. Makes sense. Yeah. You're yeah. yeah. Love it. Kill everybody, can't be killed. That's basically my <laughs> Yes. I can kill anybody I want, can I? I can do it. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah
And I'm like an animal whisperer. I can talk to animals. Dead people. Dead people. Dead people. Yeah. Eat spiders. Eat spiders. I can make shit that tastes like raspberries. I can make shit taste like raspberries. You could. I am magic. I can do anything. Put on my used underwear. Yeah. It, of course. Well, and if you're a superhero, it's likely that you were given your gifts by somebody else, and so you have to. It's a good thing you can start with the superhero question because then all these answers would have been super easy. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm super. Yep. So awesome. That's actually a good point. Justifies all my other answers. Bobby Bates. Bobby Bates. Thanks, guys. You're amazing. Thank you. Appreciate it. And cut. 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 Should have a cut thing.